Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad you're here joining us this week on the Finding Harmony podcast. This week, we are interviewing and speaking with a dear friend of mine, Siobhan Fitzgerald. She's been a close friend of mine since 2005, where we met. Uh, At first, we were in Mysore, India together um, during the summer, and then she came to study on a teacher training course in Thailand when I was working at a little retreat center called Yoga Thailand. Um, And this is a really powerful conversation. We are talking about pranayama, um, the power of pranayama. We're going to talk about kriyas and the power of kriyas, cleansing our nervous system. It could potentially be a little bit triggering because we're also going to talk about um, eating disorders and some of the experiences that both Siobhan and I had uh, as we both um, suffered with bulimia and um, were subsequently healed from that, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, through these yogic practices and techniques and cultivating awareness around our mind and body and a deeper mind-body connection and also self-love. Um, this is a really, really powerful conversation. I know you're going to love it. And Siobhan is offering a workshop coming up this Saturday on July 2nd that you can uh, sign up for. It's all online. And she's also has a yoga teacher training. It's a therapeutic yoga teacher training that looks at Ayurveda and goes deeply into the pranayama practices, how they're balancing for your physical body and constitution. Um, It's really wonderful. I will be a guest speaker on this teacher training as well. And if you're not... Uh, wanting to dive into the full uh, six-month teacher training quite yet, then I would encourage you to sign up for my Ancient Breathing course. It's a seven-week program that I will be opening up in September, and I'm very excited to welcome you. We do weekly classes. There are six modules, two bonus modules, and we go through the entire Hatha Yoga Pradipika or Hatha Pradipika, the text on Hatha Yoga practices, and we look deeply at all of the Kriyas, preparations to Pranayama, the eight pranayama practices as described in the Hatha Pradipika and the effects that the pranayama practices have on our body, our constitution, and our Ayurvedic uh, doshas, the vata, pitta, kapha. Um, it's an incredibly comprehensive course. It is good for beginners. It's good for all levels. If you have an interest in deepening your knowledge and your practice of breathwork or pranayama, this is definitely the course for you. So if you're interested, get on my wait list. Send me a message. I would love to connect to you more and talk to you about it online, either by email or in my Instagram DMs or on Facebook. Um, There's so much here. I cannot tell you enough how proud I am of this course. And the students who have been in it in the past have absolutely loved it. So uh, it will be opening again early in September, and I hope that you're there to join me. 
But now we are going to jump into an exciting and wonderful conversation with Siobhan. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm so excited about today's episode because we are here. Who's we? Oh, right. Russell's <laughs> here too. Russell K. Harmony, I need to, to apologize. Um, last week's episode, I announced that we only had the one listener, a Martha from Florida. And of course, we've had all kinds of people write in and they've some complaints were made. Yeah. Um, Valerie, uh, who is the, the founder and president of the, um, I think it was the Finding Harmony podcast, but now it's just the Harmony Slater fan club. <laughs> and um, she wrote in and she gave us uh, a few figures that she wanted to go over with us. And um, she, for she does keep track of these. She things. does. So Eddie Stern, for example, had 2,300 unique listeners. <laughs> so it's not just Martha. And uh, I think we've had over 80,000 downloads since the existence of the podcast might be a bit more than that, actually. I don't, I'm not sure. We'd have so to check in with Val. You know, Val being was that violently the... frustrated, I would, <laughs> is to put it mildly. And uh, so she had a talking to. Well, but I'm hoping that Siobhan today can, uh, our guest, can match Eddie Stern's Our uh, guest stats. today is Siobhan Fitzgerald. Now, when you read that, it says Siobhan. So I'm really sort of, I wonder if you can Siobhan. help us with the pronunciation of the B and H. Yeah, Gaelic. well, there's, it, there's something called a fada, fada. Um, because Siobhan is Gaelic. So it's Irish Gaelic. Um, so what they do is they dot the B and H to make it sound like the. And then they put a fada, which is like a line, line over the A to make it sound more like ah. Oh. So then yeah. you have Siobhan. Got it. Yeah. I, those Gaelic Scots, names are hard to pronounce sometimes unless you unless, you, so unless you know them. You just listen. Then you got them. Just listen to them. Don't bother. You know, if you read it, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, but when I first, there's a few of them that Siobhan I know now. But when yes. I, before I realized this pronunciation thing, and even now to this day, <laughs> if I come across a Gaelic name that I am unfamiliar with, I have no yeah. idea just how to, to pronounce ask. it. You ask, just ask. I know. Yeah. Even, I, even I get some of them wrong, but there's things like C-O-I, you know, uh, B-H-E, and it's Quiva, you know, but, but oh, just to look God. at it, you're like, what? What is that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite unique. But the Gaelic language is quite beautiful to listen to. It's lovely. It's yeah. Lovely. So in it's Ireland, like a... it's Irish Gaelic, and then in Scotland, it's Gaelic. Gaelic. Um, oh, I so like they both that. have slightly different pronunciations for things. And is it a slightly um, different dialect as well? Slightly different, yeah. And that the the Gaelic, the Irish Gaelic, tends to be more of a lull. It's more yeah, singy. Like a song. The Scottish Gaelic is, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's sharper. The, the pronunciation of the words is slightly sharper. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and you're kind so of an expert in this because you're sort of happy, happy. Oh, I'm a happy, honey, happy. She is. Yeah, She's happy, happy. Oh. Happy, happy. Here I am on the bench. 
oh, between gosh. my father's side and my mother's side, so I don't offend anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, or take sides. So that's right. Yeah. That's so yeah. So Siobhan is the Irish and Seanag is the Scottish. Seanag. So you've got Siobhan and then you have Seanag. So it's a lot, you know, the the so the yeah the Gaelic's a wee bit stronger. Is and that a different Johanan, pronunciation of the same name? The same name, oh. um, Johannan, in the Greek, yeah. the Hebrew, and then in uh, English, it's Joan. Oh, that's um, just Joan. So you would have been Joan if you were born in, in say, Canada. England. <laughs> yeah. Just Joan. There you go. It's Joan. Oh, Joan becomes Joan. Or jo- Joanna, maybe? Shanag. That's fantastic. Joan. I had no idea. Joan. Do you, you um, you're like Joan of Arc over there? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh there you go. I like do that you, one. Do you, Irish, identify, the one. do you identify as as Scottish or can I can I dare call you British? Ooh. Yeah. She's not British. She, she doesn't is. sound British. British is Scotland plus England. I know. Otherwise, yes. you're just English. So I was, plus I was playing Northern Ireland plus a bit of Wales. I was playing my wee little <laughs> space game with all my friends, and one of them, um, uh, who I, I said to him, was like, "Oh, well, you're, well, you're British, aren't you?" And he said, "I'm a Scot." Well, I yes. said, "Man." If you were, if that's what makes you British, because if you weren't British, you'd be English, because that's <laughs> it's the English plus Scotland that makes you British, mate. And he, oh, he had a bit of a snit, and he wasn't happy at all. Can you help us understand that? What the what the fuck does British mean then? My my passport <clears throat> says British, so there you go. Oh, there you go. That's what's yeah. written on my passport. It says I'm oh. a British. Citizen, so yes. sorted. I can't argue with my passport. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think I think it's just really it's the Scots and the English that have this running battle from <laughs> from the kilts and the swords. <laughs> and then they're still it's still you know I'm proud to be Scottish. You know, yeah. So, um, okay, there's so, still, so there's you know you've still got that little bit of you know. I, I want to define myself as Scottish. I'm born and bred right. in Scotland, so therefore I'm Scottish. Right. <laughs> so they have, yes. um, yeah. But, but when I was living in Sussex, down in the south, they would all des- describe themselves we're British. Yeah, but they're English down there. No, no, they're British because they're they British. include Scotland yes. in their in their list of colonies that they own. Yeah. Yes. But then you could say that Canada was British. Yes. But we're not. British yeah. Canada, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. There you go. I I heard this really funny thing the other day and I thought I thought I'd run it by you. Um it's being in Ireland is like is like living next to a neighbor that uh, covers their entire, speaking of the Jubilee, covers their entire home with uh, clown memorabilia. And they put clowns in their front yard. They put <laughs> clowns on the roof. They hang the sides of their home with clowns. And every year they do a big clown celebration. And also your grandparents were murdered by clowns. <laughs> 
And it's like, it's, you know, I wonder if you could fucking take the clowns down this year. Is it no? Is this, uh, is this <laughs> Ireland? This is Ireland. That's Ireland. Yeah, yeah. That's how they feel. That's a bit how they feel. It's like, yeah. Just not put the clowns up this year. Is it no? No, we like clowns. Yeah. Clown maybe, festivities. Maybe a few leprechauns. <laughs> Yeah, that's Could maybe we, that's where the the why the leprechauns became such a strong emblem. Is can to you try not and... put clowns up on St. Patrick's Day, please? Of all days, <laughs> we all agree to wear funny green hats instead. Funny green hats, and yeah. run about with green, basically predominantly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I just I, just to move the conversation along from clown killing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm intrigued intrigued by the the clown killing. (laughs) I was reading through the bio that you sent us, which was was lovely, and I really felt like um, we had a lot in common Mm -hmm. because you've lived all over the the shop, and and it's very difficult for me to say that I'm from anywhere because I can't say that I'm from Chicago or Detroit or New Orleans or Kansas City or Illinois. If I went back Mm -hmm. to those places, people look at me askance and said, you're obviously not from here. Right. But where am I then from? I'm not from Canada or San Francisco or Taiwan or Korea or India or England or Sussex. I was a stranger (laughs) in all of those places. And every place I went to, and I moved every year, I was the new kid. And you described yourself that way. And I wonder if you could set us up how you know let valerie know just how is it that that happened how is it that you just moved around all the time and you're not actually and also to different countries from anywhere yeah because you're not really from all the colonies you're not from winnipeg are you you're not a winnipegian i'm not a winnipegian and i'm not from montreal and i'm not from New new zealand and i'm not from the north of England, and I'm not from the south of Ireland, and I'm not from, yeah, various areas in Scotland. Um, but yeah, things were a bit busy. Yeah, <laughs> um, how did you move? How much? Why did you move? I, I mean, I, I was I was about three and a half. I was born in Scotland, but I was about three and a half when we started all that moving about. Um, and that was my dad because he was a journalist. Um, and in those days, in the 70s, um, which is just giving my age away, but um, <laughs> in the 70s, um, British journalists were well sought after because yeah. they knew how to run things and everyone else was kind of behind the times. So mm-hmm. um, he got asked to work in Ireland. So we moved there. And shortly after that, <laughs> He got asked to move to New Zealand. So we moved there, you know. But everywhere we went, my dad wasn't happy because all he wanted to do was get back to Scotland, (laughs) to Glasgow, where he fell at home. So we kept dipping in and out of these these areas where we lived for a little while, and then we would come back to Glasgow. And then he'd be like, oh, I don't want to be here. And so let's go. I've got a job in Winnipeg. Um, yeah. Winnipeg, we were there for, for the best part of three years, actually. Wow, yeah. Um, you made it through three winters. That's that's oh, outstanding. That's, that's polar yeah. bears, almost. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you lose about 40% of the immigrants to Manitoba. 
and I've got lovely memories of, of living in these places. But, you know, as Russell, quite rightly, as you said, I'm not from any of those places. And so as much as I try to, to fit into their box of being accepted, um, just as I felt I was getting somewhere, <laughs> up I went <laughs> and off I went yeah. again to somewhere else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 we were three and a half, I think I was in Cork, um, and he was it was a six-month contract, and then we were in uh, New Zealand for Wellington for a year, mm-hmm. and then we moved from Wellington back to Cork, back to Scotland, and then over to Winnipeg. And we were there for the best part of three years. Yeah. And then we moved back to Scotland, down to England, back to Scotland, and then to Montreal yeah. for about two and a half years. Um, and Did you ever have any... Uh, that any was my whole growing up. growing up. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have any cachet in any of those places as the new kid from Scotland or was it always a drag? Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think in places like, you know, what I, what I can remember of it now anyway, um, places like Winnipeg, when you first arrived, you know, they were intrigued by your accent. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you had different things to share. Yeah. Then it wore off. And then it, off. <laughs> and then yeah, it was harder. Then it always became harder because everyone else there had already formed quite a strong bond right. with each other. Right. Um, and so then you were kind of, you were always, from what I remember of it anyway, you were always forming many bonds because yeah. you were never quite in, a, you know, from nursery, from mm-hmm. kindergarten as it is in, yeah. You know, so yeah, that was interesting. But it, you know, at the time, you probably I probably didn't think about it. But when I look back, it was probably quite hard. And yeah. you know, yeah. I think for me anyway, it was really ungrounding eventually because one or two kids are resilient, and you know, you're like, yeah, I can cope with this. Wow, we're going to this country now. Whoa, everything's different here. And it was um, amusing at first, but after a while, it's like, no, I've just made yeah. some nice friends. I don't, I don't want to leave. I'm happy here. And right. Winnipeg was a bit like that. Um, right. You know, we, we had time enough, I think, just to settle for a little while. Um, mm. And interestingly enough, I'm still friends with my neighbours um, nice. from Winnipeg. Um, one in particular who's now an Ashtanga yoga practitioner um, and oh, wow. practices with um, uh, with Manju Joyce all the time. Yeah. And so we, it's quite nice because all these years have passed and yeah. we have something in common that we can That's really neat. share yeah. with each other. Um, yeah, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think in me, all that moving about eventually just stirred up an anxiety and yeah. other things in my system that, you know, it was almost, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for the next move rather than right. being comfortable. You yeah, know, I was always just sitting there waiting, right, where are we going next? 
you know, yeah. and then eventually yeah. stopped happening. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you talked yeah. also about something that I kind of related to too, which was, you know, your father was an alcoholic and okay. your mother was a nurse, just was like a your nurse, mom. like my mom as well. Was a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was a nurse. And um, my mom was also a nurse. Just like uh-huh. how wow. how disruptive that sort of And my father was also an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. That sort of um wow. Yeah. <laughs> environment balance can be maybe not uh to your conscious mind but unconsciously um taking on a lot of responsibilities and roles uh, you know uh, at an early age you know at an early age and i don't know if it was the same for you having both having mothers that were nurses um but there was a lot of shift work you know yeah exactly middle of the night and um so sometimes I just didn't see my mom at all because I was literally coming in from school, yeah. And she was on a, she was on a late shift, so mm-hmm. you know. Um, and if things were tight, and I've got three brothers, so there was four of us. Um, wow. She'd do the weekends because the weekends were like agency work, and she got yeah. paid so much more from the agency than she did from her permanent post and. So she wouldn't be around all weekend either. <laughs> and yeah. my dad being the way he was, <laughs> we didn't see yeah. much, but, you know, so there was, there was that, right, what will we do, you know? And there's a little bit that was good in that, as in we had to amuse ourselves. <laughs> so we had to find yeah. things to do uh, with yeah. each other, you know, to, to, to keep ourselves entertained. Um, but the, the heavier side of it was, you know, um, are you a child or are you an adult? Because exactly, you, you, you have that forced responsibility. You know, me being yeah. the oldest of, of the four of us. Yeah. Uh, and the only girl as well. You know, you, you have that forced responsibility. Um, 100%. I'm sure you were taking care of your attachment as well from, you know, what my mom was going through at the time in that oh. dynamic with my dad that she yeah. wasn't getting nurtured and so you know as we now know from yoga when you nurture yourself the only way you can nurture other people is by having that nurturing in in yourself you know um so then you were you know none of us were getting that either so um that that can cause (laughs) a lot of um (laughs) disruption and, and 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 I found we were always quite rebellious, you know. It was like I remember being in primary school, and one teacher came up. We were we were doing burns recitals, and I yeah. did really well in my burns recital. So I was stood up and I did this poem, and the head teacher came along to watch. And at the end, she said, "Well, well, at least one Fitzgerald has done something right today." And she walked out oh, the door, and I was like, oh, God. "You know." So I think we were we were quite rebellious little yeah. children. <laughs> we got into trouble, not big trouble, but we got into yeah. little bits of trouble, you know. Sure. Um, and uh, that makes sense now, looking back, you know. But yeah. at the time, <laughs> I was like, "What are my brothers doing? <laughs> well, who's getting me into trouble now?" <laughs> right. 
think one of the struggles I had with, you know, these insecure attachments and kind of raising yourself and then moving the, you know, within six months or a year. Yeah. Is that I would, um, I found myself really not valuing relationships in the same Mm -hmm. way as other folks, other normal people. Yeah. If someone, if um, someone crossed me, that's it. I'm never going to, I'll never speak to you again and I don't give a shit. And I'll just move on. And in yeah. um, some of these slights are really insignificant in hindsight. It's like, well, I cut that person off ten years ago for nothing, you know. But, I, yeah. but that was. Do you struggle with that at all? With even still today, with maintaining a relationship? I I, I just totally relate to that. Even today, <laughs> totally <Yeah>. relate <laughs> yeah. to that. You know. Um. And that's exactly what I was like, Russell. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was relationships were very fleeting. So, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't mean the same. Just like I said, you know, people that have known each other since the the the, the first day that they went to school together, yeah, mm-hmm. and formed yeah. that bond with each other. And like I see my daughter now, you know, and that's that's one of the things that I vowed I would never do, no matter what. Um, was disrupt her patterns well as little as I possibly could so mm. she's had the same primary or kindergarten she's been right up through the full every grade as it is in Canada and well. into the the next now she's in the advanced school the, the secondary school here with all the is same she- people that she's known and and I see that yeah. she values those people and those friendships you know and she she holds them so dearly, those that close network that she's got. Um, and, you know, I didn't have any of that, so I totally agree with you, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even in, um, in romantic relationships, you know, if someone did me a wrong, that was it. <laughs> you know, so my tolerance was not very good at all um and and then i i picked someone who was very like my father um Mm -hmm. and all that familiarity and then i I, and then i tolerated what i shouldn't have tolerated which is like the flip side of of all of that as well you know i I probably didn't tolerate the good people (laughs) and the little slights that I just, as you said, you know, you look back and go, what was that about? That was nothing, you know? And yeah, Yeah. I I didn't speak to that person ever again. Uh, Why did I do that? You know, question myself about it. Um, And, uh, and even today, I'm still um, a bit like that because it's, Mm -hmm the deepest, I suppose, you know, of all yeah. things. Um, yeah. yeah, those samskaras, those tendencies and patterns, right, that, that yeah. you develop at an unconscious level yeah. when you're very young. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You are connected to beliefs that you have about, like, life that you yeah. can't put words to. Yeah. And so, like you say, they're the deepest ones. And even mm-hmm. though you can kind of see, oh, this is something in me, it yeah. takes a long time to to really like shift some of those oh, those absolutely. tendencies or patterns or habits, right? 
Yeah. It is sort of inexplicable while you're why you're with me, Harmony. I agree. <laughs> um, I I wonder. We can you talk at all about your your father's wound and where that stems yes. from? It's is it not? Is it different? Is it more than just like having to you know, you know, run about a bit for work? I mean, was, what was driving him to to sink himself in alcohol? What is that? Prove, prove himself and prove his self worth. I think um, that definitely comes from his mother. He'd quite mm-hmm. a strict mother. Um, she was a tiny woman, actually. She was um, four foot eleven. Wow! Um, and my dad, my dad was six foot four. Um, oh! And my and my two aunts. He had two sisters, and they were six foot women as well. So you imagine Good these God. three children with this tiny little mother, and she was she was so tiny, but she was <laughs> she was so strict, and everybody was scared of her. The thing was, I think in that dynamic, um, my my father had um, a brother um, who was born after him. And he always said to me that he felt that um, his brother, his brother passed away at the age of five. And so it was just himself that was left as the only boy. Um, and then he lost his father. His father was in the war. And so... Mm-hmm. This mother lost her husband, lost her youngest son. Yeah. And then he felt that all the blame was directed at him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember him telling me and telling my mom as well that, you know, she used to say that he was stupid, you know, that he couldn't uh, do anything right. And um, right. That's not helpful. It was quite harsh on him, and I and I think his sisters were as well because they were older, so they they kind of mm. used to boss him about a little bit. Um, and there's the root of that. That's that's the seed that was planted in him, and and so he never felt he was good enough, you know. And yeah. if he if he that those weak moments where he just drowned himself you know mm-hmm. I think getting away from his roots and getting away from Glasgow was this whole thing where he was like you know let's go to Canada and it'll be different or let's mm-hmm. go to New Zealand and it'll be different and let's go to Ireland and it'll be different you know and and the funny thing about my dad was he, he drank all year round apart from when we were on a family holiday and then he wouldn't drink at all he never drank on holiday, you know. So never drank on holiday. He never drank on his holidays. Imagine that. Yeah, he took a holiday from drinking. It's yeah. good. It's like part of his job. Yeah. A holiday. And maybe that was huh. his way of going, I want to, you know, because he worked. So he was out the door at six o'clock in the morning and I didn't see him yeah. until he literally, you know, and journalists, especially in Scotland, they drink a lot anyway. It's part of their, they socialize, they, you know, so there it is again, you know, he's he's doing it as a habit. He's got all those samskaras, those weaknesses Mm -hmm. um, that are there, you know, with that seed that's been planted. Yeah, that's Yeah, it's very much like a... There's the fuel, let's let's just torch that and and make it light it up and make it as bright and as scary as possible. Yeah, just more of that, please, you know, and I think that that happens. But we we didn't see it as much, you know, when we were growing up. And I think a lot of the time he was maybe running, running from it and then 
in, in the later years, it, it, it just caught up with them and it, it tripped them up completely, you know, yeah. especially yeah. my mum left when, when I was about 17, 18. I, I was, uh, trying, yeah, I was trying to understand that. You're 17, you've got three younger brothers. Yes. And mom didn't take you with her. No. I know. I'm really It's shocking. Isn't it? It's crazy. And, you know, I was actually, I had a client in the other day and she was quite curious about what had happened. Um, so I was having a conversation with her and um, my partner at the moment, his mother left him and there were five of them. Wow. And she moved from where we are in the central belt to the Shetland Islands away, took off with another man and left all of her children behind mm. with an alcoholic father. Um, and the older sisters that looked after him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his wife <laughs> took mm. off and left him with his kids and moved mm. to an island. Went away, you know, so... Wow. Interesting, interesting. isn't it? Yeah. Because you think that's unheard of, especially, you know, in those days that yeah. mother would actually go like wow. that. Yeah. She just, had, a, she just so, had enough. Did you stay in touch with your mother after she left? We um, we didn't see that much of her in the earlier days of, of all of that. Um, I think she probably, that was the escape button. Um and because I think she'd made the decision to go, then I think she also felt there was no turning back. Um, right. And I think the sad thing about that was that the man, this was a man that she knew um, when she was very young and she moved, right. she moved from Ireland to London, did her nursing in London and then came up to Scotland and that's where she met my dad. Yeah. And this chap had been at her house in Ireland where her brother was. So he'd left information, she picked up the information, she met him, they struck up a, a, romance. a romance. romance again, uh-huh. they reminisced and all these things. And of course, when I think you're maybe struggling like she was at the time, yeah. and probably feeling quite lonely, as you do when, you know, that, that other person's not really there for you. Um <laughs> and can only be there for themselves, really, then, you know, I think she just thought, there's my ticket, you know, and I'm going to take it. Um, But he didn't want the brothers, and he didn't want to take on everything else. So that was a decision. She she took about four years of meeting him and going back and forth before she actually finally, finally, finally made the decision to move over there. But my brothers were still at school, and they were young. Um, and they ended up, they ended up staying with with other people's families. Um, wow. um, you must have been furious. Boys that they knew at school, and their mothers took them in actually. And, wow! And so a yeah. lot of us have um, really strong bonds now and friendships with other kind of Scottish nomads that <laughs> mm. were floating about, you know. And, um, yeah. All my friends in Glasgow area are actually from either Ireland or, or the islands. You know, I don't actually have many Glasgow friends, even though that's yeah. kind of, you know, if that makes sense. 
yeah. it's all the ones that you know kind of maybe got out of where they were and, and came to Glasgow and then we kind of we've all attracted each other and with my brothers, very different than the the, the, the boys that they were at school with. Um, it, it's their families that they've, they've been very, very close to their mothers. Um, and, and those boys are still like brothers to them um, wow. yeah. today. So that's that's kind of, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. I'd have to think that you might have... Um, struck out at the world a little bit at that at that time you're 17 your mom's gone your dad's a mess i think yes. you must have maybe burned a few things down <laughs> can you is that yeah. true did you burn yeah. what did you burn down oh my goodness it was it was crazy um well you always you always do something don't you to kind of distract yourself from everything that's going on around you um but I, I had I had a period from my teenage years to uh, my early twenties where, yeah, I was I was probably as bad as my dad at one point, you know. Where I, was, <laughs> I was going out and burning the candle at both ends, but I was still holding down a job, you know. And I, I just became very, very independent. I think from the age of fifteen, sixteen, I became crazily independent because the instinct was. I'm not getting this from anywhere else. I really have to just look after myself and and and, and you know forward that that constant forward thinking, you know, of right, what what do I do? You know, put myself through college, get a job in a bar, fund it all. Um, yeah. Right, great. Now I've got a qualification. Right, I'm going to go into, you know, and I, that was me. <laughs> and again, it was very rapid. You know, I did all that changeability, one job, right. Right, I've got that, right, next job, right, right, next job. And then I went, no, I'm going to go self-employed. And that was me out in salon. I was just so busy all the time, but I was just burning, burning the candle at both ends. Um, yeah, it's that sy- syndrome of, like, trying to, like, not have to stop and really, like, feel anything yeah. or think about it. You're just, like, Absolutely. out having numb, fun numb. in the moment, yeah. numb, exactly, and then you're numb. working your buns off in the moment <laughs> no. yeah that does sound quite a bit like you harmony <laughs> we're at a si- 16 to 22 i mean that was also your yeah, life sure. yeah. you were really kind of checked out and then what happened you gave up the whole thing to do bloody yoga of all things <laughs> yeah. yeah is that how did you come to yoga siobhan how did you move into um, Healing spaces. Healing spaces, yes. <laughs> Healing space, I know. I was just and, and 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 that thing about one relationship after the you know, I'd yeah. I'd meet someone and I'd I'd barely have had a couple of conversations with them and I was like Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, nobody nobody got into my space long enough to for me to feel emotions, you know? Um yeah. and um I think I got to a point where I my own flat and I, 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 right, this is a great space that I've got here. I've got my business going. And I realized. And your business was massage, was it? Were you massaging? It was, it was beauty therapy. That's what I, I, that was what I qualified in. Um, before, before, when I was at school, because um, I made six year, like the end of school, unlike my brother's. 
yeah. but I was doing art portfolios and I wanted to go to art school. That's what I wanted okay. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I knew all this was going on. So I kind of ran away to London for a year, hooked up with some of my cousins, did bits and pieces of jobs. And then I thought, no, I, I really I need just... to get my head together and I get into college and, and I'm, um, s- I'm sorry, if I could just interrupt, when we say hooked up, we mean we made out with and <laughs> oh my had, a goodness. Sh- had a shag. She just met Meta. No, she said, I just had a shag with a couple of my cousins. That was good. And we're done. I was like, that's, only in, I, only that's in not, America. Oh, that's the majority of our audience. So just want to say, Oops. by hooked up with, you <laughs> met up with and, and like slept on their couch. <laughs> I met up with some of my cousins who were living in London already from Ireland. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And they were in quite a big house. And um, so I rented a room and stayed with them. Does that make more sense? It it certainly does. And um, got nurtured a little bit bit by my my cousins, my nice cousins. No judgment, you know, for those of you who do hook (laughs) up with your cousins at home. Apologies. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. In Japan, I think it's quite common. That reminds me me of my dad working for the Winnipeg Free Press. And um, he um, stood up at a boardroom meeting and said, right, guys, I'm sorry. Um, I need to go and get a fag now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And they like, like, what? Yeah. And he's like, why is everybody looking at me like that? I mean, this is absolutely well, you, you, know? you do you, Mr. Mr. Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, if you need. That's, that's what, what you need. That's so funny. Uh, so, well, yeah, I, that was, that I, was funny. One of my uh, millennial employees came up to me at the schools in California and she was so upset. Um, Something had gone wrong with the scheduling and the research team and she was really pissed off and she she didn't know the phrase. And she said, my principal just came up and ate me out. (laughs) no that's not what happened no you mean <laughs> chewed chewed you out said so, no no i mean ate me out it's like no, no. i'm 100 percent sure that's not what happened still the wrong phrase i'm still i'm still sure you mean chewed and oh, so you've got your mind goodness. in the gutters. Like I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna Google it right in I'm front of you. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> oh my! All right. Goodness. So back to the yoga. How did you find yes. the yoga? A total mess. Living. Are you in London? You're hooking up with your cousins. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a disaster. And uh, it's it's a it disaster. Nice you know, and 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 I remember feeling so lost down there, even though I had, you know, there was some comfort in the fact that I was around people the same age as me that. Yeah. Um, you know, family kind of dipped in and out of uh, holidays with them in Ireland and stayed with them. And, and we did, we'd our own little friendship, but yeah, I was, I was crazy. I was like, who am I? <laughs> Where am I? What am I doing? Um, I came back up to Scotland because my mom was like, I'm going to stay maybe, you know, come back, get into college. Uh, and I was a couple of months getting into my college placement and she was like bye you know so 
you're like, whoa, you know, there's another rug. And it was just rug after rug for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the newspapers put my dad in the monastery to dry out. Uh, oh, wow. he took it, he took this so badly so they, they sent him monastery. Away. yeah they sent him up to a monastery um, is that where we uh, get monks from is there that's from the where we get monks from yeah <laughs> <laughs> the monks oh. in and, oh, um, so progressive up in Scotland yeah he was, yeah. He was okay. there for a little while and then and then you know the minute his time was kind of done and he came back down um, from up north uh, he just was there was no wife there were no kids and he just well, he went completely off the rails you know yeah. oh. and we, we we didn't really get much sense out of him for a very long time <laughs> Um, yeah, so sad. that was sad, really sad, you know. Um, and for me, it just ended up being like I was living in <laughs> this torture session in my life where, you know, I was getting crazy phone calls at two and three in the morning and for unreasonable requests for from my dad for, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and think, right, okay. You know, that that child in you, that sense that was stuck into me, a sense of responsibility, you know, where yeah. it was like that you have to little voice in my head. And then you're like, yeah. OK, so this was my Sunday, but I have to go and do a shopping because I guess he's not going to get <laughs> any nourishment from anywhere else. So I'll yeah. go and do the shopping. But, wow. you know, now when I think about it, I was like, well, if it wasn't me, it was going to be someone else or someone else or someone else. He, he would have found a way. But at the time, I think you just feel I have to be responsible. You know, I have to go and, and do this. And, and that was like that little voice in my head, which took a long time to break that. That's completely broken. <laughs> that one. <laughs> um, yeah, now. But, you know, now. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And your brothers had nothing to do with them. They wouldn't do this, this thing that they, you would do. They tried. They were really young still. And, of course, you know, from their perspective, they're like, I want my dad. You know, I want my dad yeah. back. And, um, you know, I want someone. I've not got my mom anymore, so my dad, will. this will do. <laughs> you know, this is mm -hmm. family bond. Um, and they stayed with them for a little while, and it got so bad for them that they both left. One of them went into the army. He went into yeah. the military police and the other one went into the Marines. Wow. Oh. To get away. To get away. And I, and I think they yeah. got a lot of discipline. Um, and they made a lot of, of, of yeah, really. That, I think that actually helped ground them quite a lot as well. Yeah. Um, that was some, a fantasy um, of mine at that age. Was I, thought, I thought about what could give me some semblance of structure in this chaos. Yeah. And I thought about the military and I thought maybe I'd yeah. do the military and then I could become a lawyer and then everything would just fall into place. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't, it, I, I wouldn't be this just total chaos for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah I was looking for that. And instead, he went yoga, to art school yoga. And took up yoga. Well, yoga, yoga was a sense of discipline <laughs> that true. suddenly 
allowed mm. all of the pieces, bits and pieces mm. to fall into place. It's like, okay, well, I do this, and then yeah. I'll be in Mysore in May. And I'll come yeah. home, I'll work, and then I'll be in Mysore in May again. And there's like a there's a sense of belonging and a sense of place yeah. and structure yeah. suddenly. Yeah. Which is and yeah. and do you find then you found that other people that were doing yoga for the first time, you actually got each other. Like yeah. someone else got you. Yeah. That's the thing that I found when I started doing yoga, that I get these people. Um, it's a giant Al-Anon circle. I get them, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I got into yoga through a, through a client of mine because yeah. um, I, I still had my salon in Glasgow, busy, busy salon. Yeah. And she came in, she used to come in once a month, and she was in her 70s, Joanne. Um, she was, I think she was 72 when, when finally she said to me one day, Siobhan, see all this, another relationship that you're in and young settled down and this, that, and what you're telling me. And she's like, you're coming to yoga tonight. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Yes, you are. And I was like, "Mm." and she'd been this little voice every time she came in for her facials and things. Yeah. Uh, and I went home and she said, you know, I'm not coming back for facials if you don't come to yoga. You have oh. to come. <laughs> and I thought, what am I going to get this 72-year-old frail individual? Um, right. What can she give me that's going to give me some kind of strength and structure? Because I didn't know, you know, I was I was ignorant. I was trying diet after diet after what what's going to make me feel good you know mm-hmm. <laughs> next thing and the next thing you mentioned the microbiota i went i went because i got home and i thought i've got time and really i don't want to lose my client and and i enjoyed talking to her yeah um and i thought okay i'll keep her happy i'm going to keep her happy it wasn't for me i was keeping her happy yeah. you know still pleasing the other person um and yeah. i went and um I, I remember walking home. It was really hard. We did about 20 minutes of pranayama. That was the first thing we did. I'll wow. never forget when I sat down. 20 minutes of pranayama. Uh, and then the asana, which she was shouting at me about because I was just dreadful. I was so tight everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I, I left and I was walking home and I went, I feel different. Hmm. And that's all I could think of you know that that's the only thing that that kept coming up was I feel different I feel different um so I went again and I went again and I started going to her (laughs) house so I was going twice a week and then I was looking for other yoga and then someone gave me a video and it was a shtanga oh do you remember what video it was I can't, I can't remember. It was beyond, it was something called Beyond Yoga, I think it was Beyond called. Power was, Yoga, maybe? Beyond Power was, Yoga, maybe, with Barrel Burge. It was, yeah, and so then there was this sequence, and it was the first time yeah. I'd had this, you know, I could put something on, and it was a sequence, and it was the same right. sequence, and I was like, oh, oh I like this, you mm. know? Yeah. And then my friend, my friend was getting into yoga, and she's like, ooh, you know, uh, David Swenson's in Edinburgh. Let's get up at five in the morning and go and see David. And I'm like, who's David? And and she's like, yeah, we have to go. I've researched this. Come on. So I remember the two of us in her little car going, cup of coffee each. Uh, yeah. Drove. Uh, Edinburgh is about an hour and a half from us. So we got there yeah. from Mysore. 
Oh. And uh, I was like, what? What am I doing? You know, but very soon it was, right, who's next? Right, John Scott's coming. Great. We're going over for that. Great. Mm-hmm. We're going over, you know, and we, we soon get into this pattern. There was no Ashtanga in Glasgow at the time. So we just kept looking for these weekend workshops in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was that wonderful feeling that I was, that things were changing, you know. Um, and I was about eight years doing um, my own practice before I ended up going to India. Um, to yeah. My son. And that was and just, that was um, in 2005 for Guruji's birthday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. Um, and did you meet Harmony at the, at the birthday? Did I was there, yeah. Harmony was there. I remember, yeah. you know, the little that things a, that you remember. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't speak to anyone and I didn't know anyone, <laughs> but you're just observing what's going on all the time. And um, So Hamish Henry, who has yeah. um, the Ashtanga, he London. was there. So I spoke to him and I spoke to Greg Nardi quite a lot. Oh, um, nice. But it was the only, but then it's only looking back that I was like, that was Greg Nardi. <laughs> You know, yeah. the Greg Nardi. You, know, you don't like, know anyone oh, when it's was, your first he time. So, he was so lovely, and you know, we're like this yeah. new person. He's like, "Don't worry, it's like this," and mm-hmm. you know, just giving us so many helpful tips. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I just stayed about five houses up from the Shala in Mysore. Oh, nice. walk down, yeah. and, you know, I was just in, you know, wow. Wow, you know, first time in India, I just yeah. go on a plane. <laughs> yeah, let me go myself. Um, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's quite an eye opener. Like magical, though, I for me. Yeah, my, for me, I always felt like, like that first trip to Mysore, that first trip to India felt so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was so healing for me. Healing. I felt like it yeah. returned me to almost like being a child again and yeah. like everything was magic everything was magic. magical totally and I could just amazing. like take it in like a child and it was like a place yeah. that I hadn't really been in myself for like yeah. so yeah. long like but you're like wow I kind of remember this space and it's so freeing you know it's so yeah. I don't know, yeah. just really healing, really healing. Mm. So, so healing. I totally yeah. agree. Um, and just meanwhile, and we're full that. of parasites and tapeworms <laughs> and, we're, you know, constant oh, I, diarrhea. Oh, I, I don't know what I, kind I, of. I went off, I went off the, the beaten track and had some cauliflower goby thing that. Goby Manchurian. Goby Manchurian's <laughs> delicious. It until is it until, you wrong. until it's wrong. <laughs> then you've got a week of a week. I was a week of dysentery. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> One little bottle so, fly later lands in your Gobi Manchurian on the way to your table, and then it's my yoga was amazing after yeah, that. I know, it I was, is. I was going to say oh, it does wonders for the Mauritius in a sequence. I pray for diarrhea. Like, oh, please, just, please Lord, can I have oh, diarrhea this morning? Who needs it's a Gobi Manchuri. Kriya. Yeah. Flowing around the mat. It's good. true. The Gobi Manchurian Kriya. <laughs> I'm interested. You mentioned this um, previous year trip to Mysore. That is, um, 
you mentioned this lovely experience that you had meeting Paul Dallahan, the Irishman, in yes. Scotland, I and did. Uh, him introducing you to Tawari, who seems like quite an important person to you. And we just oh. we just had a fellow on um, last week who Rob Laporte. Who? Dr. Rob? Yeah. Dr. Rob Laporte. He he also had a, a lovely relationship. Um, mm-hmm. He is from Hampshire, um, not from Scotland. But I wonder if you could tell us about that. That seemed really nice. So nice. Um, so Anne Lonsdale, who was um Perthshire lady, um, she knew Paul. Um through, I think, her connection to Tawari because she'd been in India before um, with Tawari. And she, I, I don't know 100%, but I'm assuming now that she she met Paul there. But she invited Paul to Scotland to this big room called the Orangery that her friend had. Um, and it was just a, an, an amazing, a beautiful space. And again, my friend that was doing this little parallel of, you know, her, her background and her life was quite similar to mine. And she mm. was doing the Ashtanga as well. And she said, let's go to this. So we used to do these things. We find these things that were Ashtanga. Let's go and find, let's go to Paul. So mm. off we went for, and it was a weekend. Paul was there. Jatima was with them at the time. Yeah. And, um, they did an awful lot of breathing with us, an awful lot of pranayama with us. Um, and um, I just, I felt like I was floating the whole weekend. Wow. And I hadn't experienced, and that was 2001. Wow. And I hadn't experienced anything like that before. I was like, wow, you know. Yeah. This is He's so naughty. No side effects. There's no side effects. I feel amazing. <laughs> You know, yeah. it was, and I remember we were practicing all weekend. We were practicing those jump throughs, you know, mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. really like a skidding and lots of carpet burn marks and knees <laughs> and toes and everything. Um, but, you know, we were just doing it again and again. I was like, I am mm-hmm. definitely, I have to get this. I have to get this. You know, yeah. That determination in me to to get the next bit, you know, get yeah. the next bit of it right and, and put that to, you know, because obviously then, you know, I'm flowing, starting to flow a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. less jaggy edges to my practice. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, and then Paul went and I was like, oh, I knew he was in Thailand. Yeah. He had just um, so, started opening uh, the center. Then I had my of- plan and my plan was, you know, I'm, going to the south of France I've got a teacher training yoga teacher training I want to do that and then I'm going to go to India um and I'd sold my flat and I'd sold my business so I'd I'd made up my mind that that's what I was doing Uh, and it was quite strong it just kept surfacing again and again I was like I have to do this this is just it's so clear that that's the next step for me, you know. You sort of um, mentioned that things had come to a to a head emotionally for you with your dad and and things. You just you needed a clean break, and that's kind I of needed what a clean you. break. And then my, so my brothers were away in the army and the navy, and I was getting everything, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. uh, my other brother had. He's a journalist as well now, actually. Um, so he'd done all, he put himself through, gosh, all his qualifications at college and then university, he put himself through. And then he decided he was going to Ireland to be near my mum. 
So yeah. that was the oldest of my three brothers. So I know I had no family around me really, um, and so it just felt yeah that that that's the next step for me. I have to get away from you know my dad coming into my shop all the time and and not a nice state and and, and right. all those phone calls and it was always like I was doing this thing on my mat now that was giving me level and and grounding. And I could mm-hmm. feel that movement, but then I had this thing pulling me away from it again, you know, and I just, right. I didn't want to be pulled away from it anymore. That was me. I was like, no, I have to get out of here. And I also yeah. have to do it for myself for once, you know. And so that was that was me. Yeah, I, I, I wrote to um, the Mysore, to, to Patapi Joyce, and yeah. got my little approval and... That was me. Your little letter. My ticket. <laughs> sent, sent my furniture yeah. to Ireland. I said, Mom, you don't mind, do you? You've got plenty of space over there. Here's my furniture. I might see you next year. I'm away. And off I went. So I wrote to Paul then when I was in India. I wrote to Paul and said, Could, Can I do your next teacher training? Uh, I've yeah. done one. It's not enough. I know I need so much more to, to even think about teaching back. Um, uh, I'm in Mysore just now. Would you please, yeah. please accept me onto your course? Um, and he, he, yeah. So I got, yeah. I got that. So that was me. And right. that's where we, we met. Thailand. <laughs> and then I met yeah. Harmony there. Um, yeah. That's where we, we really became friends was in Thailand on that teacher training. Mm-hmm. I remember it so well. And then, the course with Tawariji that followed after that, that was always so special that you could spend, so, yeah, Tawariji would come for like the second half of the training. You get to spend all of this beautiful time with him. It was yeah. amazing. Amazing. And amazing. yeah, and you and I, I think we connected right away as yeah. well because we have um, a lot of commonalities, even though we didn't necessarily talk about them. But talk I remember you can feel it. With you people. can feel it, right? You're like, oh, I know <laughs> yeah. this person. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. We we share You're many right. things. <laughs> you can but just I, feel it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. And that's nice as well. I think. Yeah. You know, I think. Totally. Totally. But there was something on that training that I think was really um, brave of you, and. It was, I remember you shared that you had been struggling with bulimia, which was also yeah. something that I had struggled with as well, with some, another commonality that we shared. But you, you don't yeah. want to share it with people. Actually, I yeah. never talked about it at all until yeah. I was in Thailand. Um, and I think maybe your courage also like helped me share. And I, I think it was that same training. There was another girl who was really struggling with it as with well. It. And she mm-hmm. actually had to go to the hospital. That was your training, right? That yeah. was my training. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And yeah. so that was yeah. the first time that I, that yeah, yeah, that was quite serious. That was I the first time she... I talked about it. I reached out to her and said, listen, this is, you know, I understand what you're going through and tried to yeah. help her. But I realized that it was actually a, a problem that a lot of, a lot of girls especially mm-hmm. go through and have and, um, and had to start really looking at that and processing that. And there was mm-hmm. one Kriya that we always did on those teacher trainings. Oh, you did the vomit. <laughs> the vomit, oh, which dear. is, you That's know, a little triggering. drinking um, 
Yeah, it is actually. It was. It's very therapeutic, but very therapeutic. It's always, it's always done on an empty stomach first thing when you yes. wake up in the oh, morning, rather than binging a, bo- a box of Oreos. <laughs> yes, you're not eating oh. anything before. A box of would, Oreos. No, I would rather do the box of Oreos no, if no. I'm going to be binging anyway. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then drinking like uh, almost, I would say at least like a liter and a half, probably almost of like the quite warm salted salt water. Yeah, that'll and then make you throw up. Vom- yeah, you basically kind of start vomiting naturally out of being your stomach is full, full. of salt water. Yeah. Yeah. It is a waste of You do kind of, no, <laughs> you do aid it, assist it so that you all out <laughs> well, then how do you not get triggered by that well this is this is something that i would i really wanted to talk to you about siobhan because i think i think it is a little bit it can be a little bit triggering i know for me the first time i did it i actually um i had like a post-traumatic stress response i got yeah. like the shivers and i crawled up in bed and like put on my sweater and like all my cozy clothes yeah. it was just like in the fetal position in bed like crying it was incredibly yeah. emotional yeah. um but also really healing too yes um and Absolutely. i just want to know I know you kind of came forward through that and and there was sort of a prescription that was given to you. And I just wanted to know your experience with it and how it helped to heal you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I remember. So obviously we'd moved to that part of the training discussing the <laughs> yeah. Kriyas and we'd done the little neti pot. Yeah. Which was fine. So that was okay. Yeah. And then of course Paul's discussing what we're gonna do next. And it's this Kriya, this van. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I just remembered the color draining from my body because I hadn't actually been in that state of bulimia while I was there. But at that moment where I was told this is what we're doing. I just thought that's going to really upset me and I don't think I should be doing that. And then I was like, what do I do? And I remember going back to my room and I was like, do I speak about it? Do I not speak about it? It's very embarrassing for me to actually share that with all these normal people Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are on this teacher training. You know, you're like all these normal people and I'm the only one that, you know, how does that come out? And um, I remember Paul saying, you know, you, you, you're going down to do this. That's it. We're, we're setting it up. We're going to do a demonstration in the morning. And I was like, Paul, I don't think I can do that. You know, and he's like, why not? Everyone's doing it. And I'm like, well, is that not going to be bad for me? And, um, and then that's when it came out, you know, and I had to be yeah. brave enough to just say, I have bulimia and the thought of doing that is, is that going to trigger it? Is that going to make it worse? Is that going to set me off? What's, what's going to happen? Yeah. And he said, you know what? It's very different. You know, you're, you're not, you're not bringing up food, Siobhan. It's, Mm. um, it's just what's left over from your digestion and it's just going to be mucusy stuff and it's just residual. It's like brushing your teeth. It's getting the plaque off your teeth. It's getting the plaque out of your stomach. So 
do it because it's cathartic. Do it because it'll help you, you know. Can I just say, though, that you've got, does it or will, is he, is he right? You know, is he telling me the truth? And I was scared. I was really scared. He's not a trained psychotherapist. I mean, he doesn't. He's not a. He's not a PhD in psychiatry, though. But that's no, a, that's we a were, big. We were in the jungle. That's a big <laughs> leap of faith with the jungle. We were, yeah, it was. It was. It was like the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's literally a jungle, and it was jungle medicine. A <laughs> little bit of beach, and and I remember, yeah, someone did a demo, and you know, and I I was just glued to the demonstration because I. You know, and I was looking for signs of anything else coming up that would that would have right. come up for me normally. You know, I I, yeah. I was kind of glued to that point. And then, you know, it was it was a huge thing emotionally to do that the first time. Yeah. Um, well. But the more I did it, then because then Tawari G said she she Paul went to Tawari G and told him, and he said she has to do that for seven days. You know. Huh. His prescription to worry G said, now she has to do the seven days to do the vamen every morning for the seven days. Now, don't eat the food that the other yogis are eating. Eat the food in the kitchen, which was the kitchery. Yeah. So you could only eat kitchery, right? Kitchery and then the rice milk. Yeah, Yeah. the rice milk. The The rice milk, milk, cardamom and stuff at night. Yeah, that, I could only so I wasn't eat other food, even though it was healthy food. Um, yeah, I wasn't allowed. No that raw food. food. No raw. No food. raw food. Yeah, and you did know he what? have you on the same diet, Tori, or did he not that know was like about my your normal diet? That was your normal diet. No, but I mean, yeah. like, did he know? Did he prescribe the vomit for you as well, given your history? Um, he, he didn't. Know. Yeah, we all. I mean, that was the. We all did that when you were learning the kriyas. One week yeah. of vomit and then yeah. every other day for a week and then once a week for two more two or three more weeks yeah and then yeah. only as needed only but as i needed. never i never really came out about being bulimic with yeah with them um yeah maybe i did a little bit but it was never i didn't i didn't really talk about it at that time i was really still coming to terms with it because i think you know, there's a lot of shame around yeah, bulimia think, and bulimia yeah. itself is, is actually like all about shame and yes. secrecy and concealment. And yeah. that was like, you know, what I was grew up dealing with. And I think mm-hmm. just the way that it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and so I was really kind of still coming to terms with that. But for me also, cause I have very bad asthma as well. Mm. He always said that I needed to do vastra. That's, so, uh-huh. That's where you swallow the cloth. Right? <laughs> I don't need to explain it to you. Yeah. <laughs> but well, for, for our Ma- listeners, for Martha, yeah. who may want to swallow cloth, yeah. In so that was always, and then you're supposed to swallow, swallow the cloth, the do the nali, <laughs> bring it back up, That's and right. then you do the vomit after, right? You can do the vomit. Um, after, after yes, or not, after. right? Yeah, you can do it after. That's correct. Yeah. Um, or you can do vaman and then do danda, the tube. And do danda, yeah. The yeah. tube. Yeah. I didn't like the danda so much, although I did do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not Pizza also mouth. like vastra very Dust. much either because I have a lot mm-hmm. of problem eating things. The <laughs> 
Oh. That took me took me yeah. three years of 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 um, practice to eventually yeah. get that I, cough over that little bit there that t- gets you get that yeah. reflex, that gag I reflex. Kept, I can't I had a whole why. process, Siobhan. I had I honey. Can't. I had put honey, honey. on it. That's and right. then I would also have like warm water and sip water while I was doing water. it. Honey, warm water. I can't imagine why anyone would struggle on, uh, with swallowing. Yeah, a and, and I met a lot no, of women in France. Women in France because who actually warm. got me to gulp. Oh yeah, gulp, gulp it. Yeah, rather yeah. than just try and swallow it. You know, it was yeah. like it was almost like this gulping yeah. thing that she was doing. She was moving her tongue, and I was like fascinated. And then I tried it, and I was like, oh this oh it works you know yeah it works. and actually for a while we were I was doing it like with a couple of other people we were doing it together in the garden in the morning yeah. we were just all laughing at each other and putting each other off <laughs> eventually I thought no I have to take this more seriously and do it on my own and just be in my own space you know and it is I mean I have to just shut everything be so yeah. meditative yeah in that in that just that pure meditative state to actually manage it manage to do it otherwise you know yeah the mm. danda danda is there's only one swallow involved rather than repetitive swallowing like the vastra is a lot harder to to yeah actually master but, um, that's true it just yeah. seems like we're having like a normal interview normal conversation like on NPR, <laughs> and, yeah, then yeah, su- yeah. and then like public radio and then suddenly Oh yeah, and then I've been swallowing cloth <laughs> in this on the beaches yeah. of India, don't yes. you know? Is it, is that what you did, George, with the Mahar with the Maharishi? Yeah, I swallowed cloth. Yeah, it's like oh, for fuck's sake. I met I met this gentleman in France, and maybe you met him too. It was on another retreat with Tawariji. I forget his name, but he he was told to do the Vastra, the swallowing cloth kriya, and yes. he told me this story. And, uh, and nobody told him like for how long. So he just did it every day for a year. <laughs> oh no. no. Yeah. And, no. and he said he got, he said he got so good at it that he could just do it and like have a conversation. <laughs> uh, you don't get this kind of content oh my goodness. on other podcasts. And then finally and he came back to the retreat, like a year had passed and Tawariji came back and he did. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and he had gotten really, really skinny as well doing it. Like oh my he lost goodness. like so much weight. Uh, and then he, and then he asked, he finally said, you know, like I've been doing Vastra for a year, you know, can like, can I Should stop? I keep doing it? Can I stop? fucking stop, mate? <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, no, you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> you can just do it as needed, they said. Do it as needed. Well, I kind of need it today, and I might need it tomorrow. Uh, but and he was amazing. He just like, it was no problem. Five minutes, yeah, done. Two-minute two yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> Three meters of cloth. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah wow. you know you yeah. you said something interesting that was quite nice it is you said um my physical practice is good it's it's fine but your pranayama practice is really strong and that it was yes. you learned this from tawariji 
I wonder if you can talk about okay. that seems to be a through line through what you've talked about with yoga is the pranayama has been something that's continuously attracted you. If we could just get away oh. from the vomit for a moment <laughs> and talk yeah. about your, your, your pranayama practice and what that does for you, what that's like. Um, and that, that was a raw week, that first week of vomit, very raw. Yeah. But then, All right, we can know, keep moving, talking about the vomit. Moving, moving on from that, no, I won't dwell no, but if, we? Can you talk about the healing with the vomit then? You know. The healing, yeah. Um, <sighs> I just felt different. How do you explain that you feel different? And there, there was a point where, in Harmony, I think it was actually you, um, it's sitting in the kitchen, if you remember, in Yoga Thailand, that mm-hmm. little kitchen bit, and it was yourself. And there was someone, and I don't know whether it was Jessica or whether it was Neil, um, but you told me to go and look in the mirror. Go and mm. look in the mirror. You, you know, wow, you've, you, you've done it. And it was almost like you saw the change, and I hadn't quite seen the change that was happening. Yeah. And the next day I looked in the mirror and, you know, actually for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Or the first time ever, actually, there was a bit of love coming back at me from me. Um, So that was, that was huge. That was huge. Um, uh, And and I looked different. I looked in the mirror and I saw someone who was different and they were softer and they were more gentle and they were more kind and they were they were me you know but it was me but you know it hadn't been me for forever so that was massive now whether that was the vaman or whether it was the pranayama or whether it was the diet or whether it was just everything I don't know you know but every time I do that breathing and I close my eyes and I'm in it you know, it's it's what I need. It just feeds me. It feeds mm. me, and um, that's the only way I can describe what pranayama does. It just it feeds me. It's it's sorted out so many so many. Um, you know, not just the bulimia that I had at the time, but my my menstrual cycle was so irregular. My skin was breaking out all the time. I, I, there was just so many th- wrong things that were going on, this dis-ease in my body. And for the first time, I just felt like I was there, you know, and I, and I wasn't doing that anymore. I was just there, you know. Yeah, and balanced. The, the, breathing, the breathing does that. Um, the Ashtanga practice did that, you know, those first eight, nine years and, and beyond, you know, and still today absolutely does that. But when I breathe, something even more magical happens. Um, and I think, I guess, I just need that from my history of everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything I feel like... Everything, everything that's been busy, you know, and yeah. even that healing in India and that yeah. time to actually do nothing, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that space when I'm breathing, that space where I'm just so still and the breath's moving through me and it's just constantly stopping that accumulation coming back, if that yeah. makes sense, yeah. you know? So it keeps things at bay, 
you know, along, yeah, and you're along connecting to the prana, effects. right? That life force is like, like I love how you said it feeds you because I mean yeah. that prana is what feeds us. It's even like it in feeds. our food. Yeah. It's what we're going after, right? Is that yeah. life force from the food to feed us the prana? The prana, and yeah. directly from the sun. Yeah, and so it's it is so nourishing to like, like be with your with that energy with that life force within and without and like feel it yeah yeah it's so powerful yeah so yeah and i think the comparison probably you know really just then to define the difference you know with the shtanga you know to me it's a dance and i'm moving Mm. in this dance and i'm flowing and it's lovely um but then I'm not moving, you know, and I've moved all my life. <laughs> when I'm doing pranayama, I'm not moving. I'm just yeah. there, you know. Yeah. I'm just there and, and yeah, and, yeah, it's feeding me because all the yoga is feeding me. But yeah. I just, it's that, ah, oh, you know, and and that's why I'm back at on my mat every morning going, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been moving and I'm still a busy parent, you know, I'm so busy. <laughs> it's yeah, just my just... nature, you know, I'm always like, <laughs> what next? What next? What next? Yeah. What can I do? What can I learn? What can I um, what can I add to my studio? What can I, you know, I'm constantly yeah. like that. That's amazing though. Because that's such a that's so profound mm-hmm. that to think about all the moving that, that we've done and going here and going there and doing this and doing that, and it just seems endless i don't even want to meet someone new because i have to tell them all the damn things i've done (laughs) and then to think about sitting there in your mat just bearing witness to the sameness of being purusha it's like oh that's such a profoundly healing moment for someone who is so frustrated with moving about yeah well, so, I, and, and, I'm not and sure I put those those things together. That's yeah. That's just that happiness in me today. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I found it. You know, that's yeah. That's what I think. You know, I found it. I can, I can tap into that and just find that that thing that I've never had. You know, mm-hmm. that that you know most children you know, danced in, you know, this, this, they were bathed in their childhood, you know, they were allowed to be right. children. And I, I, I just yeah. felt like I was never allowed yeah. that luxury. Yeah. yeah no. And, you know, I get it. I get it in Pranayama. I get it in Ishtanga. Mm. I get it when I'm moving as well. But when I yeah. just stop and face a lot of stuff as well, you know, while I'm doing it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, almost drinking the prana at that moment yeah. where I'm like, yeah, that's me, you know. And when yeah. I was at the Kabbalah Dam doing my studies, you know, the, mm. looking at the science of it then and, and them saying, you know, yeah, that, 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 you know, you do that every morning, your pranayama will last you all day, you know, and I, I still yeah. have that thing of, Wow, right, okay, this, so the science is there, it lasts all day. It's not like a quick fix. It yeah. stays with me, you know, it keeps me steady all day, even though, you know, we all have our moments, don't we? You know, and yeah. things will yeah. definitely throw me sideways if I if I let it, you know, or if I'm too busy and I miss 
and oh, but then I can come back and it's nothing like being a parent and and, and get myself back to that place where you know feed feed you know yeah yeah tell us a little (laughs) bit more about that because I think that that experience in Thailand was so transformative for you for your practice your life for the where even your focus was in yoga and it eventually drew you all the way to Lanavala to the Kavayudam Institute, which Tawarji was, I believe, sort of the chairman of at the time in the footsteps of his teacher, of his guru, Swami Kavayananda. Mm -hmm. And you did a three-year intensive yoga pranayama training course, right? You lived there. Absolutely. Three years um, and 18 of us went on that journey and it was the first time. So the Institute always had a school for local people, like for, for, so their community and the Indians um, that wanted to learn more about yoga, that there's a school there at the Kavalia Dam, but there's also Mm -hmm. the research part of the Kavalia Dam and that's that constant work. Yeah. Um, been Amazing done, time you know, in 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 the lineage of of uh, Swami Kavalyananda that yeah that there's just this ongoing research and investigation into pranayama into yeah. hatha yoga hatha um, yoga all the yogic texts finding the authentic copies uh, and comparing them and creating the most authentic version they have like, yeah, yeah like a three-year research in diabetes and what works for right that. yeah Reese, and they have like a post-cancer program so for people that wow. have you know all gone through maybe some radiotherapy some chemotherapy that they have mm-hmm. this you know come and, and get nourished and get do the pranayama and have the diet and have the, the treatments because they have a naturopathy yeah. center they have an ayurvedic center they have all the ayurvedic doctors working there as yeah. well so there's lots of people coming in and out of the kavalia down for different reasons mm-hmm. and then because tawari g is you know that we're getting to the end of where this lineage is with with how many people are still here surviving teaching um these like those they, real powerful for up this three-year program and and i was only looking actually to to go just to go and experience lanavla and i, I saw this on the website and i thought wow actually could I do that <laughs> with a little girl and everything can I manage that um, and it ended up it was three times per year very intense stays um, yeah. mm-hmm. and I just thought I, I, no I want to do that because that's the one thing that's really you know changed everything and I, I just I wanted to do want to know more about it and 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 dive a little bit deeper into what that I was interested in yeah. what they were going to be showing us um and the experience was well, it was amazing you know just uh, listening to these ayurvedic doctors you know talking about the elements talking about how they move within us talking about you know how they're in the food how they're in nature and it just all made so much sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the people that they brought in as well that were maybe like a surgeon working in Delhi 
and uh, Dr. Balaker, so he came in and did, you know, we had great people doing lectures and neurologists, also a yoga therapist. So yeah. there was lots of good people. Um, yeah. and those lectures were, yeah. And it must have been so interesting just to really dive into all the therapeutic benefits. I mean, because we yeah. all know, I mean, I'm assuming we know that, you know, pranayama is sort of a tool for yoga, for liberation, for enlightenment, yeah. or, you know, transcending the mind and like having maybe a kundalini experience or something like very spiritual. But then, yeah. you know, it seems like so many people now, especially yeah. since the COVID pandemic are looking yeah. to breath work are looking to looking, what is essentially yeah, yeah. pranayama oh, and yeah. for like these therapeutic benefits for these healing benefits for what it can do yeah. to, you know, balance our blood sugar or create yeah. a heart rate variability, you know, or balance Absolutely. our blood pressure or whatever yeah. it is, right? Like there's all kinds of therapeutic benefits to Absolutely. these ancient breathing practices and mm -hmm. you were able to kind of learn and study all about that. Just amazing, you know, and I've, and I've taught, I've lectured in anatomy for 12 years. So just, you know, getting that other side of things and, and mm -hmm. putting those two bits of the jigsaw together was yeah. really nice. Yeah, really nice to do that. And, you know, the, the, we tend to look at it quite, you know, the, there is the spiritual aspirant side, but, you know, now more that I've, I've, I've been there and experienced it, there's so much on the yeah. physiological side of pranayama as well for yeah. with regards to healing, you know. Um, mm. And that's lovely, you know, yeah. um, you because it was happening and I could feel it. But just to be there and to say, you know, well, yeah, your circadian rhythms uh, at age 40, whatever, have now balanced out a little right. bit <laughs> from being completely erratic, you know, um, the, 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 all those years spent doing this pranayama has very, very subtly and gradually tamed, mm -hmm. you know, those circadian rhythms so that you know the insomnia is gone and the irregularities have gone and the you know um other things that were going on have gone and yeah um, that's nice they never go away of course but you know i'm in control i feel yeah. you know um and it, so it, it was it was lovely to 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 be able to experience that and and actually see all those physiological things being played out and talked about by, you know, people that were, you know, had both, had both of those things themselves. They were a surgeon, but they were also a yoga therapist or they were right. a neurologist, but they were also a yoga therapist. And so they'd studied both and they were talking about both. And um, that was, that was lovely. Yeah. And it just resonates, you know, with what I'm doing, lots of Ayurveda as well. And that was yeah. nice, you know, um, learning about um, a lot more that I can do for myself and then what I can see in others as well. And yeah. obviously do my best to, to give a little bit of that back, you know, and to be able, for me to be able to explain it better than what I probably could because I was always just doing rather than right. you know now now the knowledge is there that i can 
definitely give you know give a lot more back um, you, you have this sentence here that you lectured for 13 years in fe and i didn't i wasn't sure what the acronym was is that a oh, college it's, it's just further education colleges yeah. further education colleges FE, okay. sorry <laughs> I, I wondered if you could talk more about this is really fascinating about circadian rhythms and how they're balanced by pranayama. I'm not sure I know what you mean. I feel like maybe it's something to do with like, you know, my sleep cycles, but I'm not really, or, you know, what time of year. You could use some circadian rhythm balancing. You no, know, you just keep, don't, not so personal really with the attacks, but maybe you could, <laughs> you could tell us what you mean. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah so the disturbances in your system are gonna affect your natural rhythms and your natural cycles so um, i don't have a natural so cycle though do i <laughs> so you don't you don't sleep you know oh you i see um you maybe have false hunger things like that as well you yeah. know those kind of things um uh with irregularities they could uh, those kind of things really affect the endocrine system you know um so maybe things like secreting more thyroxine or not secreting enough thyroxine you know that that throws your metabolic rate out thyroxine um, what is that yeah so that is <sighs> what is secreted by your little thyroid gland which controls oh. your metabolism oh, so my speed up. it can yeah. speed up you know and stress does that as well sometimes mm -hmm. that that plays a really um important role in, in what these these endocrine hormones are doing in the body and then of course you've got the master gland which is your pituitary gland right um and so those things aren't functioning and then they may be and you know and it's all about the circadian rhythms or you know playing that you know what's being secreted is it is everything coming through the bloodstream in the right amount you know is one way that i see it um and when those things get disrupted by stress or disrupted by, um, you know, um, yeah, our surroundings, um, our environment, our food, um, then it, it affects those rhythms and, and how our body is functioning, you know. Um, mm. And then we go from, you know, the, the pranayama helps because it starts to slowly regulate those those organs of secretion so things like insulin as well um, yeah and so why would it we, why would it we do might that? crave less sugar start craving less sugar and start you know our desire to eat overeat becomes mm -hmm. less um and then we maybe get a better quality of sleep as well mm -hmm. so you know all those things are part and parcel of, of what's happening as you know and, and it happens very very gradually it's not like i'm going to do some pranayama and then bing right. you know it's, that's, it's i'm imagining harmony's i'm imagining harmony's dad at home listening to this and he's saying like <laughs> wait a second why would hold why would holding my breath for a bit help me with my my thyroxin <laughs> can you <laughs> So it's all to do with the nervous system. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's also to do with, um, I mean, once you get to a stage where you're actually retaining the breath and pranayama, then your nervous system, you've gone through so many processes already, or you should have done, you know. So mm-hmm. um, from from that particular lineage, then I'm looking at, you know, the fact that a lot of things already should be in place before I start retaining my breath. Mm-hmm. That plays about with your oxygen and your CO2 levels in the blood as well, which has a knock-on effect on everything else that's happening because they're all intertwined with each other. Um, And the longer the breath is, so the more we can inhale and exhale, the longer, the the steadier the nervous system becomes. Yeah. And the stronger your nervous system becomes, then the more your body's going to regulate you know, the more these yeah. things are going to settle down and they're going to regulate themselves. And so all the rhythms in the body start to regulate as well. Um, this is rather, a- rather than being so like hyper reactive to and <laughs> hyper vigilant so, to violence, I could be in a more like a yeah. calmer, well, sweeter place in my parasympathetic nervous system. You might so. think you might think twice about doing it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll have a little bit rather, of rather, rather than, than just yeah. doing it you know and, and and then for me it's like the box of oreo cookies that it's you can't put your finger on it can you you know but <laughs> that person's annoying me and i'm gonna Stop. Let him know. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, no, no, that wouldn't, the consequences, no, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, in my teens, there were no consequences. I didn't think about consequences. I just went and did it. Yeah. <laughs> but know? I think this is such a like, this is such an important point that you're talking about. And it's what I always try to teach as well because people I think sometimes think you know the benefit of the pranayama is in the length of the hold of the breath and Mm. although there is some benefit to holding the breath the kumbhaka or that that breath retention like you're saying the there's also a huge benefit in regulating and lengthening the or increasing the length of the inhalation and then increasing the length of the exhalation And, and that, that growing your breath capacity is just as important, I would say, as retaining the breath and being able to hold the breath for a long period of time, because that means you can control your breath, especially if you're doing like 10 rounds or 15 rounds or 20 rounds of something. If you can control that length of the breath and that ratio of inhalation to exhalation, then then that's really like giving you such a benefit of of the pranayama, not just like doing a five-second inhale and retaining your breath yeah. for two minutes and then exhaling yeah. without any thought, you know, like yeah. <laughs> letting it all go, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and you know, and those exhales as well, they're kind of, they're a reflection of your current state as well. Mm-hmm. They, they almost tell you, you know, it, am I ready? <laughs> you know, and they almost yeah. tell you, is it, you know, a bumpy road still, you know, am I exhaling? Yeah. And it's like, duh, 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 duh. or is yeah. it? 
Mm. Nice and smooth. Yeah. And that's an indicator of what is actually going on inside my system just now, you know. And if you're at the the bumpy road in your Jeep, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, then you shouldn't be, you know, what what's going to be holding the bumpy road, you know, it's going to intensify the bumpy road and make the bumpy road, you know, so it's much going to throw you more out of balance then, right? Like if you're pushing you're your nervous balance, system, you're absolutely more out it's going to have the opposite road. effect. It'll have the opposite effect. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a huge point, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas if you've been working with the, you know, well, okay, ego saying, I want to get there and yeah. I'm going to hold my breath because that's a cool thing to do. And I, I, yeah, I yeah. want to hold my breath. Yeah, I want right. to be cool. I, I can yeah. hold my breath now, you know. But yeah. actually the taming, the taming is in the lengthening of the breath, you know. Right. That yeah. gradual, that patience to actually, you know, that, that patience in doing that gradually, you know. Over That's time, where the benefit you know, comes, right? Because then you're building that stability into your nervous you're, system. You're building, or as they say in that second chapter somewhere, a half predicted by your taming, taming, taming the, the lion, you know, and the, the <laughs> monkey mind and everything else that's yeah. jumping about in there that's ready to, as Russell said, leap out and yeah <laughs> you know right. you're, you're 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 like whoa you know no 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 back you go into the cage you're not ready to come out yet you know you have mm. to do the little bit of work and then it's safe to come out then it's safe to come out you know because you um yeah, yeah. you you have to work on that length and that's the hard thing and that's the hard because it is dedication yeah. you know and it's a lot of oh. dedication a lot of time it's a lot of time going you know taking two steps back and one forward and then two yeah. three back three forward and one back you know you're yeah. you're constantly seesawing until you know things gradually start yeah, to lengthen, become more steady more, become more steady and again you know that's that that question of why i'm doing it you know it's like mm. You know, I have to find that, you know, dig deep yeah. to find that steadiness in my system and nurture it and keep it, you know, there. And the lengthening, yeah, very much. When we did the three-year course, they, they stripped everyone back, you know, even very advanced practitioners that have been with Tawariji for our teacher, you know, um, for a very long time. And they were like, no, retention. You're yeah. not going to hold your breath this first year at all. Don't go home. Don't leave India and hold your breath. Uh-uh, right. you know? yeah. You're going to work from the beginning and you're going to see how this pans out, you know, and sure enough, Whoa. it was, it was a lovely journey, you know, doing it that yeah. way, just stripping it back and then, yeah, you know, wow. And there's, okay. there's a lot of people teaching breath work now. Um, there's so many you know, breathwork courses and um, mm. trainings and people teaching breathwork. Um, and yeah. how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like there's dangers to yes. people without experience, like taking like a weekend workshop yes. and then going out and being breathwork experts and teaching breathwork to people? I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's such a sensitive subject isn't it that, 
I don't know. I'll come right out and say it. I don't like it. I think mm. it's really bad. But... Yeah, it's like, what is going on? And, and, you know, I think, you know, for, for 17, 18 years of, of doing that lineage of breathing, yeah. I still feel like I don't know, you know, there's, there's, do I know it? Do I not? You know, I'm still at totally. that stage where yeah. I don't know everything, you know. So if someone's only been maybe doing some breathing and experienced it for a year or two. And yeah, then or six months. And, or six months or uh, one a weekend, weekend workshop. Mm. Um, then, or even you know, three years. <laughs> then teach that back. And, and especially yeah. the whole, I get a bit, ants in my pants about the the, the holding the holding yeah. the breath because mm. I know how There's it feels when that, I right? do that for myself and yeah. I know when the nervous system's not steady that you know yeah. to actually do something like that for for consistently you know it, they might be doing it at a workshop but if they're to go away from that workshop and keep doing that you know that the, the the impact that could could have for that person might not be great you know yeah and and you're right I think the whole thing about what COVID has done over the last couple of years is a lot of people are worried you know like will I regain I've had it maybe maybe doing some more breathing will help my lungs to get stronger again and recover and everybody's out there going yeah you know here I am use my program or use this yeah. program or no, this program's the right program and right. it's so confusing and it's so overwhelming and um it, it can be dangerous yeah i would yeah. i would um yeah stick a big red flag up and wave it about <laughs> um, <laughs> is that um, one of the things that like inspired you to start teaching this more therapeutic yoga training course yeah definitely definitely and and i knew that I just, I just knew that I wanted to do it safely, um, and yeah. and because I've been doing it for so long with the same lineage, and I've not yeah. deviated from that lineage. I've always followed their teachings, mm-hmm. and I've felt that myself. And I know it works, and I know that I've never felt unsafe, and I've never ever felt like you know, I've, it's pushed me the wrong way, yeah. you know, mentally as well yeah. as physically. It's, it's never done that so um and and then it's given me that that huge awareness that you know you have to be very careful you, you do have to be very careful with the breath when, when you learn all the different things that it's doing if it's going to be doing all those good things for your system and regulating all those things then it can just as easily deregulate those things and unsettle your system just the same so uh, I wanted to be very clear in myself before I started giving any more of that out. But yeah. I, I also want people to feel what I feel from, yeah. from what I've practiced. And I know I know the changes, the massive changes it's, it's made in my life. And, and to give that back, you know, yeah. it's powerful. people light up, to just see that moment where the agitation in the room, the busyness in the room, becomes extremely calm um, yeah. you know uh, I can actually sit there and go you know they, they get that <laughs> little nugget themselves and I'm like that's yeah. what I used to get I used to get that little nugget <laughs> come back and I know. get a little, another little nugget and another little yeah. nugget and just to know I'm doing it safely is, is was for me yeah. just the, the big the big deal there deal breaker yeah. going out and doing all that 
For me um, too, like the pranayama yeah. practice was the most transformative thing in my yoga yeah. practice and is the thing yeah. that that I go back to over and over and over again and just like stay the most steady yeah. with. And, and and it's also why I, I created my pranayama course too, because I really yeah. believe in the Kavayadam lineage and in, yeah, absolutely. in the way that yeah, it's taught yeah. there, in the principles, yeah. in, in how the breath practices affect the doshas and yeah. using Ayurveda and these imbalances to help guide yeah. what practices you're doing. You're There's doing. just, it's just such a rich tradition that's so, so steeped rich. in history and in, like yeah. you're saying, the science and the study. The um, yeah, the study. it's, it, it, there needs to be like programs out there that are really like, I think, offering this kind of um, wisdom from a place mm. of education and experience, like mm. with 20 years of like mm. a daily pranayama practice from a lineage, from a teacher, from a, yeah. an institute that that's their main thing. You know, Absolutely. It's and, so and, important. And, and, and why, you know, and why, you know, Tawari G has such a massive oh my global gosh. following is because yeah. <laughs> they feel it, they get it, and it, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're they're getting that enhancement in the right way, the way that you've had it yeah. and the way that you felt it and the way that you can then yeah. correctly deliver that back to to your own students and and see them go on like the light goes on, you know, yeah. that, that they get that, that yeah. feed, <laughs> that little feed. It's lovely. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to ask yeah. you, I, I, I'm, I, th I think it's phenomenal what you're doing and, and the amount of the richness of, of your study is, is phenomenal. I, I, it's interesting though. You've mentioned uh, your child a couple of times. I think uh, you're a single Mom, uh, I am. <laughs> and how old is your child now? She's thirteen next week. Thirteen. Well, that's that's not easy. And <laughs> and so you're you're a dedicated yoga practitioner, and and you're offering the these yoga therapy and pranayama courses, and and you've been mm -hmm. teaching that for for over a decade, and mm -hmm. raising a a girl as well by yourself. And I just wanted to know how you managed to to find the steadiness and balance this and even though i mean it's all it's us right like we're our lives are teaching balance and steadiness and practicing balance and steadiness mm -hmm. yes. while um all of this you know we have our own internal chaos in these <laughs> in our homes you know there's been a lot of chaos <laughs> how do we you practice know? what we preach right and being a single mom then yeah. obviously there has been a lot of chaos you know and, and just to keep sure. some sort of steadiness in all of everything else that's going on around is is the yoga you know is is yeah. the the power of, of, you know, me not going back to being who I was or, or being or using destructive um, tools again, you know, because yeah. the, the, there is destruction going on and there is chaos going on, but I'm not going into it anymore. I'm, I'm you know, glad that, you know, I can give my, my child the steadiness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even though there's chaos, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that I can 
be less reactive, I think, to, to, to what's happening. And um, even if I have moments of craziness in my own head, it's not pouring out on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can put the comb back out on it. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and put, put a little lid on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then finding those times to do that practice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember when 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 um, when I was in those early days of, of being a new mum, you know, yeah. Um, and I I knew I had to get that back because you know there there was a little ripple of disruption while I was feeding and while I was getting like only you know a couple of hours sleep a day and things like yeah. that that I had to find some way of doing that. And then I found this amazing person through a friend who would walk my child in the park or even if it was raining, just play with her in the living room so that I could actually get on the mat and do what I needed to do because I didn't have any other support network around me. Um, And my husband at the time was just, he was gone at six in the morning, you know, because that was his job to, you know, that he, so I was like, right, how, how do I work? How do I actually work yeah. this now? <laughs> what have I got? Yeah. How can I maneuver so that I can still have that practice and still keep that practice and still keep that, that where I am, you know, that growth in, in myself and, and then give that back to, to, to you know, the family as well that I have, you know, my new family yeah. um, surrounding circumstances and, so yeah it's not easy it's not easy and there would be days where it would be like seven o'clock at night but i'd still have to go and do something you know rather than nothing and i would you know um until i got it back to okay school there's school now i can i can get those moments back because there's school hooray you know uh but that that was that was tough you know those between zero and four (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, early years are hard. You think you always find a, a way, um, because you know that, um, you know, I know that I can't give back unless I'm doing it myself. I think that's yeah. a big thing. You know, I, I can't be in, I can't be in that zone or, or, or give yeah. back until I'm in that zone myself. Um, and it's really important that I'm doing that work. You know, um, otherwise, you know kind of feel like well why am I telling them to do it when I'm not doing myself that just that's not right (laughs) there was there was an amazing person who came into my life at the right time and looked after my little one for just that hour and a half two hours every day that she she was just there and she was available at the right time and um, that was amazing you know that because it just got me back to you know I was back teaching within three months and and that yeah. was yeah, Incredible. just gradually and getting that balance is is not easy. It's not easy at all, you know. You're starting uh, online and in person. It's a combination uh, training course. Yeah, and you also have a special workshop happening on July second. I do indeed, and, and that where can. can- be yeah, where can everyone yes, well. find them? It's all online, right? The workshops online, so someone yeah. could sit in on the workshop from america or canada or they, new zealand absolutely. <laughs> how will they sign up tell us <laughs> they can sign up so um i do the work through merchant city yoga 
okay. um, which is in Glasgow in Scotland, um, mm-hmm. and Merchant City Yoga um, have a website. And if you go on there under workshops, you will find that okay. particular workshop on the 2nd of July, which is for Ayurveda and Pranayama. So we're doing a nice little combo workshop workshop then um and then i have the teacher training which yeah if someone was in uh, is that on your website or is that also through merchant that's on my prana for life website beautiful prana for life prana for life.com um and that that can be done online even though i'm doing half of it in person but i will have it as a a hybrid setup so that people can absolutely access the whole of that course online if they need to online as well yeah okay wonderful Um, so looking forward to it so looking forward to um, yeah and it starts they need to sign up by the end of july right absolutely um please so i have my numbers (laughs) i just want to say i've really enjoyed getting to know you you know i just sort of walking into this conversation fresh off the street and, and you've two have known each other a long time, but I've, I, I, it was, it's, it, it's amazing meeting someone who's lit, quite literally like-minded and, yeah. you know, and struggling with the same stuff, but then you're coming mm-hmm. out the other side steady mm-hmm. and that's really, it's inspiring. And I just, I want to, I want to thank you. Like a beautiful oak tree. Is it? Yeah, steady. <laughs> steady like an oak tree. That's uh, nice. All oak trees. We're all little oak trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try Breathing try. in the prana it's of life. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing in the prana of life. Absolutely. And it was lovely because I've never, because this is the first time I've met you, Russell, so it was lovely yeah. to meet Lovely. It's nice to meet uh, you. And some of those things that you were speaking about that from your experience that I so resonate with, you know, Mm. yeah, really nice. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure to see you, Siobhan. And I look forward to also coming in and having a few guest appearances in your training course. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking I have not mentioned that we are definitely going to be team up. Team up with you <laughs> and your knowledge and your wisdom, which I'm so excited yeah. for as well. Yeah, I'll be amazing. Yeah, I so hope you have a beautiful you. day. And you. thanks for inviting me, and thanks for you know the, the, this time. It's been really lovely. The pleasure is ours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony with me, your host Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow, watching the breaking waves, there's a hard wind and the soil.